Hey, it's Pearls, and welcome back to Pearls Randomness. Today I have the honor to bring on a very special guest coming on to share a span of 28 years with the grief journey. And not only that, but someone who has also recently published a children's book. We will get into what the grief journey looked like and where it brought her today with publishing. Join me and my guest, Danita Mailer. Welcome, Danita. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. Excited to have you on. And I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I just wanted to say how we connected because it was so random which makes it even cooler <laughs> I think and worth sharing that story so um Zanita worked in the same company as I did and through an internal website I saw an article that caught my eye where someone had just published their first book and the title was associate follows her dream becomes a self-published author and wow that spoke to me and my eyes like opened up wide and um, you know as some of my followers may know I am also working towards writing a memoir on behalf of my mom and it was a special project that mom and I had started but it never really finished so having a book published and seeing that come through for someone else was just another sign I would say I saw it as um, for something that was mom's and mine so I got to reading and it instantly felt connected to Danita without even having to spoken to her once yet. So I quickly emailed her and connected and reached out. And since then, I've kept in touch with Danita and we've shared so much along our journey that brought us here today. And I just wanted to say thank you for coming on and I'm so excited for this share. Thank you. I truly am happy to be here. Um, I think it was just an added bonus because I thought you just were interested in the book when we first met. And then the fact that we got to share with each other what has happened in our personal lives and how the loss of our moms was just so um, devastating, but at the same time uh, poignant in that it really just reflects on our lives and the legacy that we left. I just am so excited to talk to you yes, about this. I am so too. So tell me about it. How, when did it start? How old were you when you first lost your mom? I was, I'm, I'm going to back up three years before she died. I was 25 years old when she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, she had a form of lymphoma that was, we were told, very treatable. Um, but then three years later, she was gone. And uh, so I was 28 years old when my mom died. That was 1992. Um, and that's been 28 years ago. So I quickly deduced last night as I did the math that I have lived the first half of my life with my mom. And I have lived the second half of my life without my mom. Wow. With, my, with her presence in my life, I guess I should say. <laughs> her spirit lived on for sure. So it's been a while. Wow. Yeah, and you know, you say that her spirit still lives on. How has your relationship with your mom changed since when you've had her the first half of your life and to now having her still in spirit form the second half of your life? 
You know, I was always close to my mom. Um, there are three, three daughters. Um, so I am the middle of three girls. I have a sister that's three years older, sister that's three years younger. Um, but during my mom's illness, I worked part-time and my sister worked full-time. So much of her caregiving fell on my shoulders. And I, I say that, and it was something I was happy to do, but I was the one who took her to chemo and I was the one who took her to doctor appointments and testing and all that went along with that. And I'm grateful now that I had that time with her. Um, but I would also say that in addition to that, that time really challenged and strengthened my faith. Um, I grew up in what I would call a Christian home, but it wasn't a strong Christian home. Mm -hmm. And I would say that my mom's diagnosis and then her death really challenged my faith. And I think it was at that time that I really decided um, that I needed God and I needed his help. And I remember praying that she would be healed. And I'm telling you, I fully expected God to heal her. And instead, he healed her and took her home. And that was really hard at first. It took me a, a while to come to terms with that. But um, it definitely drew me closer to God and to my family. Um, I also think that her death, she was 53 years old, so young. I think it made me appreciate life in a different way. I mean, none of us knows the numbers of our days. Um, in fact, my mom, so my mom was 53 when she died. She, has, she had two brothers. And then her younger brother, about 10 years after my mom's passing, my younger brother died at the same age, 53. Um, so it kind of became something we would almost have like a nervous laugh about it as my sister and I talked about it and was like, okay, I got to get past 53. Uh, it it kind of became a joke just because we were like, you know, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And you know, my sister, when my oldest sister turned 54, I ordered a cookie cake and I said, happy 54, say no more. That's awesome. <laughs> and my younger sister, and then I turned 54, and now my younger sister turned 54. So we said we're taking a sister cruise to celebrate 54. <laughs> of, of course, after, um, after COVID. So, but I, I would say that, you know, like I said, none of us knows the numbers of our days. I totally believe that stress is a killer, and I'll probably get into that a little bit later with you. Um, so I say take care of yourself and don't sweat the small stuff and enjoy life. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, my perspective on what life is and living out each day has significantly changed as well. You know, I've got to do things more with a boldness that I've never found myself in, right? And it's not anything more than I just appreciate the time that I have now. I To see something like your mother no longer existing in this earth, in this physical form, does something mm -hmm. to you. It's just like, yeah, I can also not exist at one point in time. You know, this yeah. is a very real um, occurrence that will happen to every single one of us and you know I've said this many times um, in sharing this with others is that it's 
one thing to know that everyone dies and another to actually understand what that means for you as you're living your day to day. Right. And I agree. that's exactly what happened. As soon as my mom, you know, passed, it just became very, very real. And I guess mm-hmm. that's what you're sharing too, that that was one of the major shifts that you had. Right. And yeah. So how did that lead the way for you after with that shift in mind? It was a process. It was a process. So a little bit about where I was in my life when mom passed. Um, I had, because I married young, um, I mentioned I was 28 when she died. Uh, I was 18 when I got married, which sounds so incredibly young now. Um, And I was 20 when I had my first daughter. So that means my girls were five and eight when they lost their grandma. And I mean, when I say my mom was fun, she was fun. (laughs) She loved the holidays and she dressed up for Halloween and she bought gifts for Christmas and Easter. And we're not talking about a woman who had a lot financially, um, but she was very generous. She gave and um, she didn't let a holiday go by and, you know, without something special for my kids. And it didn't have to be a holiday. I mean, my kids had sleepovers over there and they still talk about the fact that grandma let them drink orange soda with breakfast. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, at the time, sometimes I would get irritated and now I look back on that and I think, oh my gosh, what a special memory my kids have, you know? Um, and then she and I would visit these quaint little towns and we'd have lunch together. And I don't think I probably truly appreciated her. I, I never dreamed that she would be gone so early, so quickly. And I don't know what I would do differently. I probably would never leave her side. <laughs> um but I'm so thankful for those times, you know, when we just had lunch or we went shopping or whatever. She was just amazing. My mom worked hard. She worked three jobs until she got so sick that she had to cut back. And uh, probably most important, my mom loved deeply. She loved us, her kids. She loved her grandkids. And she even loved my dad. I mean, my dad and her had been divorced for over a decade when she was going through her illness. My dad had remarried and she never had. Um, And I still believe even at that age of 28, somehow I knew that even though she had cancer, I knew that at least partially she had died of a broken heart. And that broke my heart, you know? She never got over the divorce. Um, But I've tried to make, and I think God has made good come of that. Because I think because of that, I am totally committed to working through problems in my marriage. Um, I ask for forgiveness when I have wronged my husband, and I forgive him when I've been wronged. It's, it's Marriage is not easy. And um, I think if my parents were able to go back and redo something, I think that's something that they would have done, that they would have worked a little harder to work through the problem, you know? Yeah. I think that's a really good thing that has come out of it. And I'm happy to say that my sisters as well um, have stayed committed to their marriages. So in spite of coming from a family tree full of divorce, which is not something I proudly share, but it's the truth. Um, Both of my mom's siblings were divorced at least once, um, 
one multiple times. My dad's only brother was divorced. Uh, even my grandparents back in the 40s were divorced when it was practically unheard of. Uh, so all of my sisters now have passed, I think, the 30-year mark of of our marriages. And I think that is uh, something to celebrate. Yeah. And that's such a huge shift uh, in just perspective of even relationships, right? Right. Um, can understand where you're saying that even the one the relationships that annoy you at times or even the closest ones that there's a part of you that wants to work harder for yourself and for the relationship itself you know you just see like you you mentioned the orange soda and like those are some of the things that now we're looking back and like that's what made her her right. that's what i'm going to remember and yes it's not the best thing to give to your child, but that's what we remember them as. And it's like in the grand scheme of things. And that's kind of where it takes us like the grand scheme of things. Is this something that is going to matter? And it really takes me to my deathbed nowadays, to be honest. And you mentioned how you're, you know, partly your mom may have died from a broken heart and that divorce. Right. So it's like, I just challenge myself, even though it's so hard at times, I can see just like you saying you're much more committed in working things out or, you know, marriage is hard. Absolutely. But it's Uh just, I, I really reframe it now and think about like, is this something that I'm going to really think about on my deathbed or how would I had wanted it to end or leave it, you know? And that's not to say that there are some relationships that you need to let go of. Right. You know, um, definitely there is a space for us to just remove ourselves from toxic environments but but really just stopping and reflecting on what is it that we want instead of just giving up I think that's what it is I think we don't give up as much or as quickly right I agree I agree that that's a really transformative perspective that you've shared on so many aspects not just like taking not sweating the small stuff but also in your relationship um i think many of us come across that as we experience significant loss the crazy thing for me is like it's sad that i would have not got to this place and even yourself or others that you've until we've had a loss right and i i don't know what to make of that sometimes i really (laughs) struggle with that because it's like how do you share that piece of knowledge because it's such a tremendous perspective shift that I think everyone should come across because we value life more in our relationships and everything that we're doing much more highly I I don't know do you have any thoughts on that you know it kind of reminds me of and I'm I'm certainly not an expert on gold but (laughs) I have read about the refining process and when they refine gold they bring it up to incredibly high temperatures and apparently the the gunk, the junk that's not pure gold rises to the top and they skim that off. And I think life is like that. I think those struggles that we go through, it's like fire (laughs) and it feels like it at times and it hurts and it's painful but I think it brings those things to the surface and then it forces you to deal with it. And 
it kind of gets rid of that gunk and something beautiful can come out of it. And I'll be honest, I didn't see that for a long time. It took me a long time to see that. But I think you're absolutely right. And I certainly wouldn't wish it on anyone, right. you know. Um, and what my fire looked like is different from someone else, you know. But I do think that, that good can come out of challenges like this. Yeah, I think that is an important lesson. You're right. It's it's like the refining of gold, right? Mm -hmm. Getting to that point where right. I can't understand why it has to be that way, mm -hmm. but it is that way. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. I guess that's that's what it is. Um, just have to acknowledge that that there is there is um, lessons in the pain. There is lessons in the loss. There are good things that can come from bad things and yeah it took me a while i'm here now i don't think i'm long in my grief journey it's been just two years since my mom passed but something took over mm -hmm. and in, in you know in certain respect i have also been refined and rebirthed as a new person so i can attest to the same that you're sharing and it's still going i think you know there's so much coming and right. you know, Changing. And it will. I'm 28 years in. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I, that you've had the journey for 28 years. And, you know, incredible that the first half of your life was with your mom and the second half is not with your mom. And just give us a picture of what that journey looked like. How would you share that experience with someone? Oh, my gosh. The before and the after, I guess. <laughs> It has been so long. There are times, it's funny, because it there are days when it seems like it hasn't been that long ago. It really does. I know that sounds crazy because 28 years is a long time. But then... That's real. It is. Um, there are, so there are times that it doesn't seem that long ago, and then there are times it seems like forever. And oh, what I wouldn't do to have one day with her, one hour with her. Um, and I truly believe I will see her again, but oh, how I wish she could see my girls, you know, my girls who were five and eight when she left here. I'm so sorry. Um, are now mamas of their own, you know, they're 36 and 33, which sounds so crazy. I feel so old saying that. <laughs> and they have, my oldest daughter has four kiddos and my youngest daughter has three. And um, how I wish my mom could see those kiddos. And it's funny because we, we talk about her still, even with those kids who've never met her. Um, my, one of my granddaughters is actually, her middle name is named after my mom. Her name is, we call her Bella, but she's Isabella Janet. My mom was Janet. And recently she started asking about her middle name. So we were, and she's just turned eight. So we're able to explain, you know, a little bit more to her now. <laughs> and one day she, was, she just kind of brought it up out of the clear blue sky. And she says, well, you know, grandma, she, she goes, you know, Janet, <laughs> she just referred to my mom is Janet. And it just made me laugh because I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, my mom must just be chuckling in heaven to hear this, you know, sweet girl talking about this great grandma that she never knew and referring to her as Janet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
when... it's so funny it's that's it's in those small moments that we know that they still live on right, right? absolutely it's, it's amazing to know that they can still live on and sometimes death feels so finite like uh -huh. it's done right but they're still here and sometimes i feel like they're even more present because we appreciate it that much more we're talking much more with intention right. it's just um a different way um and i feel much more powerful at times because it's it's so deep in with you and you're not going to let go of it either you're you're making sure to talk about it and right right and you know i my mom wasn't perfect. I never, you know, claimed that she was. She didn't. Um, but you know what? It's not the imperfections. It's not the things that frustrated me that I think about my mom. It's the million little things that <laughs> my mom did that just made life fun. And um, just one example with Thanksgiving coming up. I can't believe this pop. This thought just popped into my mind. So I've got to share this story with you. So keep in mind, you know, my husband and I got married young. My mom was preparing Thanksgiving dinner. We come to the house and my mom had purchased, I call them cupcake picks, you know, like the little plastic things that they put in cupcakes, you know, and they had turkeys on them. So it was like a plastic toothpick with a turkey on it. So my mom had, you know, my mom never did anything small. So, you know, she didn't just buy three of these things. She must have bought a gross of them because she had these we picked turkeys and everything in the pumpkin pie in the thing of dressing. And while she was getting the last minute decor or preparations done for Thanksgiving, my husband went in, <laughs> popped the heads off of all the turkey. Oh my god. And then started screaming, Mom, Mom, there's been a turkey massacre. And my mom oh. came out just running. And I still, I mean, this is I don't know how many years later this was. Yeah. I still think about that and I laugh and I still have those turkeys, headless turkeys to the to this day when we were cleaning That's out. So cool. Oh my gosh, when we were cleaning things out, I was really holding it together pretty well, going through things, which is a hard thing too. And all of a sudden I pulled out a drawer in her kitchen and rolling around in the drawer were these headless turkeys. So <laughs> I'm the same way. I keep everything as well. Oh my gosh. I'm going to pull those out this Thanksgiving and I'm going to use the headless turkeys and I'm going to share that story. I'm so glad that came up and I'm going to share that story with my grandkids and let them laugh about that's incredible. Janet. And, yeah. <laughs> Yep, Janet still lives on, and she's still making it at the Thanksgiving dinner. So that is right, right. That is so cool. Well, <laughs> so talking a little bit about that journey, um, you know, and in supporting our listeners who are dealing with grief, sometimes it's very raw. You know, they may be six months into it. Mm -hmm. They could be a year, two years. With you having that span of 28 years, um, is there a way that you wanted to be supported and um, how was it being received? Hmm. That is such a great question and one that I honestly had never thought of. Um, going back to 28-year-old Danita, <laughs> I was a young mom. My girls were eight and five. I was working part-time three days a week. Um, I had supportive friends and family, but boy, those first few weeks were so hard. And honestly, I didn't even know what support I needed. 
during the day I was busy being a mom and working and cleaning the house, but I'm telling you those nights were hard when the kids were in bed and my house was quiet and my mind would go straight to my mom and I would sob, just sob like uncontrollably. And my husband was wonderful. He was just my rock during that time, even though we were still so young, he was a rock. And I think part of it came from the fact that he loved her as much as I did. Um, and we would cry together. In fact, he was with my mom when she took her last breath. We had been at the hospital for days, my sisters and I had been up there, camped out for days and nights, you know, leaving our family because we wanted to be there with my mom. And it was finally my husband who said, you girls have got to go home, spend one night with the kids, get some sleep and come back up in the morning. He just begged us. So we agreed. And he said that he would sit with my mom and he would call us if anything changed. Sure enough. <laughs> That night, she took her last breath, and I'm convinced that she didn't want us to be there with her. I'm convinced that he, um, she didn't want that to be her last moment with her. And I'm, but I'm so glad that my husband was there because he held her hand and he comforted her. And then he comforted all of us as we arrived at the hospital to, to grieve. Um, so, yeah, getting back to that time afterwards, it's hard. Um, I think the thing that I found most healing, and I know everybody is different. Everybody deals with their grief different. My healing came as I talked about my mom. And I was so thankful for those people who would listen. And they would let me share my stories. And they didn't seem put off when I cried. Um, and it was really people who had lost loved ones, especially someone who had lost their mom because I knew they could understand, they got it, you know? And um, I have really tried to be that to other people because I, I get it, you know? And until you've gone through it, you just, you can't get it. Just like I can't um, tell somebody who's going through a divorce that I understand. I don't understand that pain, but man, I understand the pain of losing my mom. Yep, yep, you're absolutely right. and. People who have not experienced certain losses or pain, but are looked on for support. I think the biggest support they can do is just acknowledge that they don't know what they're feeling right. or going through. And I think that that's an honest way to support somebody, you know, rather than trying so hard. And I think it's rough on the person trying to support, but also the person receiving the support and looking for something from that person, um, it's hard. It's hard to show up unless you've been through it. Like, you know, you loss is a very complicated experience. Um, the grief journey is such a complicated experience. So it's it's knowing who is there to support you too, um, and who can support you. It's something that I learned along the way because you know, you just have certain go-to people, but they may not know. Mm -hmm what it feels like. So I think that's part of it too, um, to have that understanding and who can truly support you right. and who has actually experienced it. You know? I, agree. I agree. How did your siblings, you talked a little bit about them mm -hmm. during through their grief and how was it different from yours? 
How did you guys support each other? So that is a great question as well. Um, we were close before my mom died, somewhat. At the same time, you know, we were all busy, you know, starting our own families and all the demands that come with that. And then we kind of came together to care for mom during those three years. And, you know, there was a year of chemo and radiation, and that was a rough year that first year. And then she had a year of remission, which was amazing and celebratory and fun. And I'm so grateful we had that year. And then we had another year where the cancer came back and then it ended. Um, so my sisters and I dealt with it a little different. I shared before that um, it was a turning point in my spiritual walk that I made a conscious effort. I knew, I, I can remember feeling. I can either blame God and be angry about this, or I could cling to him like I had never done before. And I am so glad that I did the latter. In fact, one of my sisters who had a deep faith before um, did get angry with God. And then she walked away for a few years. And she told me later that she wished that she had done the same thing. Um, that I had done. She was, she had handled the grief in a better way, but you know, I, you know, we're all doing the best we can and I don't fault her. I just, it, it just made me feel sad because I know that she got stuck in that sad and angry stage for a while. And um, that can really be damaging. I'm just so grateful that she came out of it though. And her faith was restored and, uh, we all, you know, we all moved on, but definitely I saw the different ways that people cope. And and that is so true too. You know, one interesting that you said is that you were not someone of strong faith before, right. but then you went full in, right? All in. On yeah. it. Versus your sister was of strong faith and she went the complete opposite right. way. And you know, there's no right or wrong, like you exactly. said, but, and I truly believe that, that there is no right or wrong. It's just what is happening in that moment right. for you, for you to deal, to survive, to cope. Right. And it's, the work is just never finished. Mm -hmm. And I think that there, that room to allow growth and development on its own is very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's just interesting. I just find it fascinating how that happens <laughs> because I, I know I've seen myself change, mm -hmm. you know, and it's it's just fascinating to see yourself in a different way when once you identified yourself so much so as another way, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and so that transition and that period of being lost and finding a new person is an experience in itself, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just such a trying chaotic period that it takes you through so many different things and questions right. and really refocusing on what's important to you and what you believe in it tests us right and i love what you said that everyone is in their season and it ebbs and flows i think you mentioned something like that mm -hmm. to me in our conversations and I, I really loved that sentiment there that it is exactly just that the journey is going to look like that um everyone's different everyone copes different and i don't think there's any one unique landing 
place that we need to arrive to either. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, some things that I've come across is just let it go and right. flow as it needs to. And there is no arrival at this point. Right. <laughs> you know, you just kind of through it. Yeah. So. And keep going and keep going. What would be the most important share you would say in that journey? I would say give yourself time to grieve. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be honest. I would say find people who will listen, whether it's a family member or a friend or maybe even a counselor. I did not I never saw a professional counselor, but I honestly think that probably all of us at some point in our life could use that help. Um, and I've, you know, we've read stories and books about the stages of grief. And I would say if you get stuck in a stage, that's certainly a time to reach out for help. Um, one thing that our family had to work through was some unresolved family issues. You know, I mentioned um, that my parents had divorced and we had we had some issues that we had never brought to light. We had just moved past them without dealing with them. And at 28 years old, I called our first ever, and as it turned out, our last family meeting <laughs> to work through the conflict. And, um, it was kind of funny because it literally was just my two sisters and I and my dad. And, you know, we met in my living room where I'm sitting right now and it was a little awkward and nobody knew, you know, what was going on. But I started with the fact that I knew if there was one thing that mom would want is for us to get along and to stay close. And I felt like we, in order to do that, we needed to air some of our issues that we had been holding on to. And I started and I shared, not in a you know condemning way, but just to share things that had um, deeply hurt me. And it was a time of, just like I shared earlier about asking for forgiveness and giving forgiveness, extending forgiveness. And I would say that that awkward, you know, (laughs) difficult conversation, there were some tears, but it brought healing and it gave us a fresh start. And I think that was so important for our family to move forward Um, because my dad had remarried and I wanted to still have a close relationship with my dad. Um, And we did. We did. My dad lives two hours away. He's still alive. He's 82 years old. I literally just went down to visit him last week. I drove down with my oldest daughter and we spent a few hours with him and he's getting older. It's kind of funny because whenever I'm with him, um, you know, the subject of my mom always comes up. It's funny because he usually brings it up now, which I think is interesting. And it's never, again, it's never a negative. And here they had ended in divorce after 23 years, but it's never a negative. He always brings up the positives. And I think that is a a sweet thing. It really is a sweet thing. And um, it's funny because whenever I see him and I see him aging, you know, uh, I'm thankful for every day that we have with him. But it kind of, you know, makes me sad that my mom missed out on all of this. Um, 
but it also, I also think, my gosh, I can't imagine my mom being 82, you know, she will ever be, she'll always be 53 in my, <laughs> in my head and in my heart. And uh, I'm just thankful mm-hmm. that her memory is still so strong and that, I, you know, we've had to move on, but she will always, always, always be with us. I think you hit on something really important there. Moms, at least my mom, was the glue of our family, right? And I think a lot of things can get rocked from there. And then you spoke about the unresolved family issues and having to set out a moment to heal and address those um, unresolved family issues. And I think that's, you know, talking to some of the things that breaks when we lose someone so significantly. It's the relationships are tested. Right. And I think that's so commendable that you you guys did do that and took the time to do that because like you said, you know, it could just sit with you and harbor for Mm -hmm. a while and just let it go and just accept things that maybe shouldn't have been accepted, but at least aired out and shared in the context of where you were coming from or where they were coming from and coming to an understand. I think that was that's that's something that I've seen happen um, in so many of the people in the grief community. It seems like it's like special marker of mm-hmm. the journey. It's and it's also interesting that you you shared a few times that when someone has passed, you're no longer even thinking about the annoyances <laughs> or the negative parts. You're just talking about the good things and all the the positive things and you know, I'm wrapping my head around that too. It's like, why do we always just focus on the negative? I, I wish we could see more of the positive and live that way. Um, I mean, that's, that's challenging too, because emotions are so, so intense. I guess that all goes away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your transformation and, you know, how your transformation led you to write a book. (laughs) That was exciting and something that really connected. It did. It did. And it's funny because I don't know that there was a conscious effort to link those two things on my part. And it was you who kind of made me think about that for the first time. Um, Yeah. Even though it's funny because I have my, my, our first book out and in my dedication, this is the first line. It says, dedicated to my mom, who I lost way too early. She was such a great example of what a grandma should be. <laughs> and then I went on, because I'm kind of a wordy person, as you can guess. And then my daughter, who is my co-author, is not wordy at all. And whenever I asked her if she wanted to have some kind of dedication in the book, she said, well, do I have to? <laughs> I said, no, you don't have to, but I you know, would love to include something if you would like to. So this is word for word, what my non-writer, <laughs> adorable daughter wrote. She says, in memory of my grandma who gave me orange soda with breakfast, she was the best. <laughs> so that tells you a little bit about it. And um, so, so yeah, the, you know, the early days, the months, the years, they were so hard. And I really did think that I'd never get back to normal again. And that the tears would never stop and the pain would never go away. But guess what? <laughs> Over time, the pain lessened, the tears lessened. We learned to live a new normal. Um, 
without my mom with us, but we kept her memory alive. And we talked about her at family gatherings. We still do. We continue traditions. We laugh as we, you know, recall the funny times that we shared. We remind the grandkids how much she loved them. And they're all adults now and have their own families. And we often talk about how much she would have adored these great grandkids. Um, so just like my mom loved being a mom and grandma, so do I. Um, I had dreamed, I was that little girl who dreamed of being married and having a family. And I don't know that I ever dreamed, I, I maybe dreamed of being a teacher, but that I never pursued that, which is kind of funny because both my daughters turned out to be teachers and they've, um, they've taught for seven years in the classroom and both have left the classroom to be at home full time right now with their, their kiddos. Uh, but one dream that I held on to was I'd always wanted to write a children's book, which is really funny um, because I actually wrote a manuscript out probably somewhere between 15 and 18 years ago. And gosh, that was back in the days you had to go to the library to do research. And I did that and I submitted my manuscript. I thought it was such a great idea. <laughs> submitted it to publisher after publisher and you know I had read you know nobody gets picked up by their first publisher and you'll get rejection letter after rejection letter and and that's exactly what happened I got rejection letter after rejection letter and that's whenever it was the old snail mail now you get you know an email maybe um, but back then you'd get a letter and you'd be so excited and you're thinking this is it my dream's coming true and you'd open it and inevitably it would be a rejection letter so I ended up putting that dream on a shelf you know, as, as we sometimes do. And I really hadn't given it a lot of thought for a while. And then after I became a grandma and I go by Grammy, I attended my first grandparents day when our little Nate who has gone, Oh my gosh, he'll be 12 next month. So when Nate was in kindergarten, I went to his school for grandparents day. It's a big deal at their school. And it was funny because I noticed all of a sudden that, you know, here I was Grammy and my husband's Gramps. Started hearing all these fun names, Mimi and Pops and Nana and Papa. And it just stuck with me. And I left that place and I thought, that's an idea for a book. I wonder if anybody has done that. The names of grandparents, how fun is that? So I talked to Sarah um, and she loved the idea. And by the way, she was still teaching kindergarten at the time. So she knows a thing or two about books, right? So as it turns out, the next week we were leaving uh, to go on a vacation with my daughter and her in-laws. So both sets of grandparents and her at the time, let's see, I think they just had two kiddos. We were going to Disney World and I got on that plane with this idea in my head and in the two-hour plane ride to Orlando, I write the I wrote the entire rough draft in rhyme. <laughs> and three years later, um, after countless edits and revisions and everything, uh, we got really serious and we found an illustrator. We hired an illustrator to bring our character characters to life. And that in, a, in and of itself is a whole story that I can tell you about, but we don't have time for that. He was amazing. He is amazing. And I just could not have asked for a better illustrator to work with us to bring these characters to life. So we launched our first book. It's called Hip Hip Array. It's Grandparents Day. And each layout hosts a different animal family. The kids are up there. Uh, 
talking about what their grandparents, what they call their grandparents and what they do together. <laughs> so many of them were inspired either by our family, my sisters, um, the names that they go by. We even have a Glamma monkey. Yes, Glamma. And I have met at least four Glamma's now, which I think is a hoot. And our Glamma sports uh white go-go boots and she drives a little sports car and of course she shops with her grandkids so that has been so fun we included pages in the back where you can personalize the books uh, so you list what the kids call the grandparents what they like to do together and then a special memory and then there's a whole blank page that leaves room for the grandparents to leave a message for the grandkiddos. And this was so important to me because I can't tell you how many times I've said, I wish I had something that my mom had written to my kids. I wish that they had that. And I want people to do that for their grandkids. I want them, to, their kids to have that when they grow up and they talk about their you know, grandparents and just to have that special thing. And then we launched our second book um, this year called Hooray, it's the Grand Christmas Play. So same characters and the grandparents come in to help with all of the behind the scenes. They're building the set, they're helping with the music, they're baking cookies. Um, and then the kids come together for the play. And keep in mind, these are animals. So, and it's a whole host of animals from hippos to turtles and everything in between. And sometimes our animals are playing the parts of other animals, like a hippo dressed up like a sheep. <laughs> and baby Jesus is played by our little turtle. So it's, we think it's darling and it tells the story of the birth of Jesus in a little different way. And I hope that it makes people smile and it, I hope it becomes a family tradition. And again, there are two pages in the back where again, they, you record your Christmas traditions in your family and the best gift you've ever given or received. And then there's a place where the kids can draw their own Christmas scene and a picture of their grandparents. Yeah, I have to say, I, I got it right away. And I just thought it was such a cute idea. And the best part of the book is mm -hmm. that it's like a keepsake, right, for families to continue and pass along the way. And the, the best moment for me was to open that up and go to the end and find a page that I can mm -hmm. have list out some of his memories with his um, mm -hmm. grandmother, right, and grandfather. So that is such a <laughs> special place um, and a special way yeah. that the book ends. So I love it. It's, it's pretty cool. You can find it on Amazon, and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll put it up. But, you know, that was so... That was so cool how you got to publish that book and, you know, commemorate and, you know, your mom lives on in another way now, right? Uh, how has that been part of your grief journey, right? This is, it's like a full circle around. It is. It, and it's funny because you use the word transformation and I'll be honest, I never really thought about being transformed, um, but I definitely have. I mean, my mom's death was a huge turning point in my life. And with as sad as I am that my mom didn't get to see my kids grow up, my kids didn't get to have their grandma at all of those big events, you know, graduations and weddings and the birth of their kids. 
I am so thankful for the time that I did have with her. And at least she got to meet my kids and be involved in those early years in their lives. And she did. She left a legacy of love. And that has made me want to do the same thing. So I, I do. I think I just appreciate life. I truly believe. I know it's cliche, but I do believe that each day is a gift. I truly do. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful journey that you've come through. And you're here now and you have a published book that is so exciting and to see that come through and yes. hold it in your it's hand I'm sure it's like an amazing moment I you know I'm hoping for that moment for myself at one point you know because it was such a personal goal not just for myself but it was mom's and I'm at the same time so you know I think seeing you do that for yourself gave me hope and inspired mm -hmm. me to keep going and mm -hmm. continue forward. Um, and I love that, you know, you shared that even though you were rejected and met with so many nice. rejection letters, yeah. you kept going. And, and I think one of the things that you mentioned in the article that you wrote was you just have to stick with it if you believe that you have the story worth telling. And I believe not just me or you, I think everyone has a story worth telling. And that's sort of how this podcast came into play as well for me is just, I recognize that there is something that everyone has to share and it's a beautiful share. There's pain in that share. There's loss. There's so many nuggets of information that we can share with one another and learn and grow from it and just pay it forward. And, Thank you for coming on today to do that just with me. I I think it's so valuable to have these type of shares. I agree. I agree. And I appreciate you inviting me. It has been a, a blessing. It truly has. I'm so glad. Um, I'm going to close here now. But before we do, I wanted to take a moment to ask and see what has sharing your experience with me today provided for you. <laughs> it has been Wonderful. Just sharing stories about my mom. Again, I, I still love sharing those stories. And just to be able to come along somebody who might hear this, um, we'll never meet probably. Yeah. Um, but if I can encourage them to just keep going, it, it's going to get better. Um, I, I would love to do that. People did that for me. And I am so grateful that they did. And you come out stronger on the other side. Don't worry. You're never going to forget. <laughs> you're, they're always going to be a part of you. And it honestly just gets sweeter with time, I would say. And you've done that today. So I'm glad for my own healing, too. I think sharing and talking to you today as well. It gives me hope. It gives me a light at the end of the tunnel. Even 28 years later, here you are still talking about your mom, still She's making way into your Thanksgiving dinner this year. And we have a book that's commemorated right. to her. So it's like, it just continues. The love never dies. And that's the beautiful thing. Exactly. She's been gone almost, almost, we're getting close to 30 years now. And it's amazing to me that I, I would say almost every day, not, not I, I wouldn't say every single day, but I would certainly say most days I think about my mom in some way. I mean, that is some impact, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope that yes, I can live my life in such a way that people who knew and loved me will think about me 
in the same way that I think about my mom, that, that my life mattered, that I made a difference in their lives, that I loved them well, that I encouraged them, that I had fun, that I, I just loved with my whole heart. Yeah, and that's, that's the legacy, yes. right? What would you share as advice to someone who's looking to write a book? I would say do it. Start writing. Take the step. It's, it's healing. And I really do think that um, I have found so much joy in sharing my story, you know, um, and again, it's, it's not like I wrote a book on grief. I literally, our, it is a celebration, I think, of anything. In fact, the mission that we have on our website, uh, we created a mission statement, and it reads, our mission is to encourage grandparents and grandkids to have an active and meaningful relationship. And it will look different for each family, but both generations benefit, and we want to inspire you to plan your next grand adventure. You know, I get that every family's different. Um, sometimes, you know, grandparents have passed just like you have. And that means you know, other grandparents or maybe um, so others step in in that role, you know. Um, some grandparents are older and they're a little more limited on what they can do physically. But there's always something that they can give to those little ones, you know, whether it's reading a book or doing a puzzle, whatever. Um, and I really do believe that both generations benefit. It is such a sweet relationship. Um, so whether you're writing about, you know, relationships or a hobby or whatever, I would say start writing, just get out there and do it. And then, you know, maybe share it with somebody and see, see what they think. And, you know, there's ways to, you know, just publish a single book right now, you know, on Amazon. And if you want to pursue going public with it like we did, um, you know, there's a, a million resources out there that can help you do that. And that's what we did. We literally just started reaching out to people. We joined Facebook groups of authors and illustrators. And, and of course, lo and behold, one of the girls that my daughter graduated with had just written a children's book. <laughs> so I went and had lunch, we went and had lunch with her and asked her a bunch of questions and she was very helpful. So that would be my advice is just to take a step and see where it leads you. Yeah. And that journey with healing and writing has really been powerful for me as well. And that's sort of how I started with this page as well, you know, and just writing, expressing my own mm -hmm. journey and making sense of it right post by post, um, seeing myself as a character and understanding all the mm -hmm. pieces that go along with me and my feelings and journey, it's really been definitely healing. Right. So, but yeah, the process for self-publishing is available. Maybe we can share some of that resources with our listeners on, right. on yeah it's a well. different time you know 15 20 years ago whenever i was submitting those manuscripts you know through snail mail it's, it's a whole different world that you know self-publishing i don't know when it came about but i think whenever it first came it was basically just for novels and such um and it's really just been within i don't even know how long um but to especially a children's book a full color children's book i can't imagine you know that that you know was too easy to do too many years ago. Um, but because of technology, it's possible. And like I said, it it became a dream come true for me. So, you know. Well, congratulations and 
It's amazing it to see it. It is. It was like Christmas Christ. morning when that truck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was. It what was. We, we really did enjoy that moment together. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Danita. I appreciate your time today and sharing a little bit about your life and your journey and your transformation along the way that led to publishing the book. So you that are so welcome. Share. Thank you, you so are much. So welcome. I, I honestly, I mean, life is wonderful, but it can be extremely hard. And uh, for those of you, like I said, who are grieving, you know, get that support system. If you don't have, be honest with people and let your spouse, your friends, your family help you through. But don't just remember those hard times don't last forever. Hold on to hope and don't give up. Um, and then don't give up on your dreams. I can't tell you how many people have told me I've always wanted to write a book, but for whatever reason, they don't. So and your your dream might be different. Maybe it's to travel or play an instrument or I don't know, learn a new language. I would say whatever that dream is, go for it. Like I said, take a baby step. See where it takes you. <laughs> like I did, <laughs> dive in, <laughs> all in, and and see what happens, and see if it doesn't just turn out to be a, an incredible experience. That's a good message of hope and inspiration <laughs> for those dreamers right. out there. Right. Keep going, keep going, and I take that good. personally as a message. Good. I can't wait to read your book. Really, I can't wait to, to read your book. And I love that your mama and you worked on it together. I think that is so incredibly sweet. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely is. Well, that was okay, that wraps up my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you've made it to the end and like what you've heard, go ahead and make sure to follow me and my journey through transformation at Pearl's Randomness on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. I'm determined to bring on more guests that will share their transformational stories and connect our human experiences one podcast at a time. Thanks for being here. Peace out.